Hi, and welcome to School of Hustle. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we chat with everyday entrepreneurs about what it takes to start a new venture. Brands spent $27 billion on social media marketing in 2018 and are set to spend up to $15 billion on influencer marketing in 2022. Our next guests, Stephanie Carton and Courtney Spritzer, are the founders of Socialfly, a full-service digital agency in New York City specializing in social media marketing, media planning, growth hacking, content creation, and influencer marketing. They're also the hosts of Podcast Entrepreneurista, a podcast all about female entrepreneurship. Welcome to the show, Stephanie and Courtney. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here and share our story with you. Yes, I'm so interested in your story because you guys have a lot going on between the two uh, businesses that you're running. Could you talk about why you decided to start Socialfly? Yeah, so we decided to start Socialfly because social media really was a passion of both of ours. So I'll take you back to the early days of Facebook. I was actually one of the first users of Facebook when it first launched. I was a sophomore at Cornell, and I remember getting access to this platform. And back then it was called thefacebook.com. Right. And as a college student, we thought we were so cool back then because we got access to this new platform. And I remember thinking, thinking back then, wow, this is really going to change everything that I'm learning about in school right now in terms of sales and marketing and how to reach people. But I wasn't quite sure how back then. And then when I graduated from college, I really just always stayed on the forefront of everything that was happening with social media. And I was working in sales and marketing in the hospitality industry. And I started, you know, realizing that businesses really needed to be using social media to grow their business. And this is back in, you know, 2009, 2010, before social media really was what it is today. You are really an early adapter of this. I I just always knew it was going to be the way of the future. So friends of mine who were starting businesses, they were reaching out to me asking for sales and marketing advice. I told them, start using social media now. This is going to be the way of the future. And what they say to you at the time, were they like, what? How is that going to be the future? Yeah. I mean, it was tough. Like in the early days when Courtney and I first partnered together and we were selling our services, we really had to convince brands and businesses why they needed to invest in social media. Back then, I remember they would say things to us like, oh, our intern can just do this. Or, you know, my daughter's home from this for the summer. She can help us with this. And as you see now more than ever, Social media really is your direct communication to your customer, and you do need professionals who know how to execute these campaigns properly. But we were definitely super early, and Courtney can share, you know, how we met and partnered together. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Courtney? Yeah, so we actually met, maybe it was Faith, but we met coincidentally in Miami, which I am now living in Miami. So I feel like I've come full circle with with Stephanie. And uh, we happened to meet while we were both on vacation in Miami, and we quickly bonded over our shared passion of social media. I had graduated from NYU about a year prior to meeting Stephanie, and I was working in an insurance company in Massachusetts. And we stayed connected through, of course, social media and Skype at the time. And uh, I had grown up in New York as well, and I really wanted to get back to New York. So I ended up getting a job in New York at American Express. And it was while I was there that I saw all of the amazing things that Amex was doing Uh, from a social media marketing standpoint, they were really early adopters to Facebook and 
Twitter and Foursquare. Mm-hmm. And I saw the incredible things that they were doing and they were very early. And that's when I knew I wanted to get into social media. Uh, I wanted to learn more about it. And Steph, I shared this with Stephanie and she said, well, why don't you join me in starting a social media agency? Because she really wanted to develop her the agency. So we started working nights and weekends on the side of our full-time jobs. And what year was this, by the way? 2011 into 2012. Wow. Very and early. Yes. After about 10 months, we quit our jobs on the same day in May 2012. And it's been an eight-year journey. Uh, We have a team of about 30 people. We've worked with hundreds of brands and we've been working around the clocks for the basically for the last eight years. Wow. Well, social media has had tremendous growth in that time. So you definitely got into the right industry uh, at the right time. And since then, there's been many, many social media agencies that have popped up as an influencer myself. I'm part of a lot of them. How do you um, how do you compete with all of the people that are popping up today? as an early adapter yourself? The space has definitely become more crowded. But for us, we were one of the first agencies to really focus on social media since day one. And over time, we've really enhanced our core services. So now we have a a team of specialists, uh, which a lot of other agencies uh, don't have. And that is, you know, from a media standpoint, we have a whole media team that buys and optimizes all of our paid social ads. We have a whole creative team that um, can produce photo shoots and video shoots and do all the graphic design and copywriting for our clients. And then we have a team of strategists and account managers and influencer marketing specialists. And they all work together to uh, provide a cohesive approach to social media and our clients hire us because uh, we live and breathe social. Stephanie and I practice what we preach, do all of our own marketing, which uh, most agencies don't do. And we often use ourselves as kind of the guinea pigs, the, the test features for the new capabilities that come out on social. And as a result, we became number one on Google for social media agency. And that's how our clients find us. And then we also wrote a book about social media back in 2015. Was that like, love, follow? That was it, yeah. Yes. Um, I definitely want to buy that book, by the way. I think social media is such an incredible tool to grow a business today and clearly you have a lot going on from all different angles of this business. So I'd love to hear about what you did to get started on this. Today, you have so many different sides of it from content creation to influencer marketing to media planning and social media marketing. What was the first thing you did? So we were very scrappy in the early days, and I would argue we're still very scrappy. Um, I don't know. You look pretty uh, polished at this point. (laughs) um, Yeah, so we bootstrapped our business. So after Courtney and I handed in our two weeks notice, um, that was on a Friday. We went out and celebrated that weekend that we left the corporate world. And that Monday, we got to work and started pounding the pavement and working on our business. So uh, that Monday, the first thing we did was we put up an ad back then on Craigslist, 
looking for a couple interns to help us for the summer. And then we reached out to a family friend of Courtney's who owned a printing company and still owns a printing company in New York City. And he offered to give us some complimentary space in his printing company so we could actually have our interns show up there with us and not uh, be working out of my small apartment on the Upper West Side at the time. So uh, we found a lot of really scrappy ways to get started. And really the best advice that we were given was from Frank, who owned the printing company. He said to us, you guys need to join this networking group. I've recently joined this networking group. It's called BNI. And I was able to get so many clients right away. You have to join this group. It's the best thing. So the first, the next thing we did was we joined this networking group and we got a bunch of clients right away. Wow. And from that point forward, you know, our business really did take off. But again, times were very different back then. So now in 2012, again, social media back then is not what it is today. So we were working with, you know, much smaller accounts and brands and really just, you know, trying to get our feet wet, um, working on these client projects. And over time, as we started doing this really great work for our clients, you know, the word started spreading about what we were doing. And then we started getting referred to uh, larger clients and bigger brands. And as Courtney mentioned, we really always um, practice what we preach. We focused on our own marketing for the agency. So we were always putting ourselves out there as thought leaders and speaking at events and at conferences. Um, and it definitely led to the organic growth and success of the agency. And as Courtney said, we've been working around the clock for the past eight years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, it's such a great story, too. I have so many questions because I think it's so fascinating how you started this. Um, so BI, could you talk a little bit about that? Is that still existing? Because yeah. I know many of the people listening would want to join that given the success that you had. So it's a networking organization called BNI, Business Networking International. It's an international organization. So there's chapters all around the world, um, specifically in New York City, where, where we were starting the company. There was many chapters in New York City. And essentially, um, they do a breakfast meeting uh, every single week where you uh, go around the room and do your elevator pitch to everyone in the room. There can only be one person from each specific industry in the group. So it's a paid membership and it's not terribly expensive. So even if you're just starting a business, um, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars to join and then- But it sounds like a good investment. Yeah, it's definitely a good investment. I mean, you get one client and you make it back right away. But I do remember thinking, how are we gonna pay for this? <laughs> but even in the beginning, when you start a business, there are certain investments that you have to make to be able to get to that next level to be able to grow the business. So there's many networking organizations. That was a really great one um, that we're still involved in. And there was other uh, groups that we joined over the years that really helps uh, educate myself and Courtney about growing a business. But the networks that you meet and the people you meet through these organizations have been really key to the success uh, of our business. Building these really great relationships with other entrepreneurs is just so important when you're growing a business. I completely agree. And you said earlier, you and um, Courtney really became the guinea pigs and tried things for the first time. And I want to ask about Entrepreneista, because in many ways, that's exactly what you're doing there is you're being the guinea pig. You're doing content creation and sharing your stories. Um, when did that come about and what was that process of incorporating that into a business that already has a lot going on? Entrepreneista was the evolution of something we used to do on Facebook Live. So I'd say that was one of the first areas where we really dedicated 
time weekly to a show, to our own show, where Stephanie and I were the hosts. Uh, and we hosted a Facebook Live show for about two years where Stephanie and I talked about all of the latest things that you need to know from a social media perspective. And then we had guests. And we loved it. It was definitely uh, a lot of fun for us. And then when podcasts be, started to become more popular, we wanted to learn more about it. Right. And we wanted to uh, continue to uh, kind of use ourselves as the guinea pigs and, and really test out a new platform. Mm -hmm. And because you're exactly right, you know, running a business is time consuming. We can't be everywhere as much as we would love to be. And maybe now uh, in this new virtual world, we can be in, in more places at once using technology. But we had to decide, you know, do we want to continue the Facebook Live show or start testing out um, a podcast? So we decided. Uh, to test something new that you always have to innovate that is part of the DNA of the company and we wanted to try something new. So we decided to start the Entrepreneista podcast. We had a brainstorm with uh, our team uh, to figure out, you know, what did we want our podcast to talk about? And for Stephanie and myself, we are so passionate about entrepreneurship and specifically helping other women entrepreneurs uh, understand and realize that they too can start a business. It's a lot of hard work. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. So but you fail fast and you learn from it and you move on. Exactly. So we wanted to inspire as many women as possible. And that's how the Entrepreneurista podcast came to be. And what year did you start that one in? So you started the business in 2012. I'm trying to get the timeline here. <laughs> the podcast end of 2018, yes. Okay. But before that, you were doing Facebook Live. Even before 2018, Facebook Live, that's still very new. So it seems like overall what I'm learning from you guys is you're early adapters to many different things. And that's part of the reason why you're successful because you're not afraid to just try it. We're definitely risk takers and always want to jump in and test things out and see what works. And if it works great and if it doesn't, that's okay too. At least you tried and you can move on quickly. Yes, totally. Now along this journey, is there anything that you learned that you wish you knew in the beginning? The very first thing would be to, uh, when you incorporate your business name, be sure that you uh, have a trademark and that you do a great trademark search. Have a great accountant, have a great business attorney. Um, those are definitely key elements. When we first started Socialfly, the name of our company was actually called Collective Media. Oh. Our SEO was so good right off the bat, we got a letter from a company called The Collective um, a couple months into us starting the business with a cease and desist letter. And we were so young and naive back then. We're like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Like, yeah. are we going to go to jail? I mean, we didn't think that, but you don't, we, didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. It's scary. It's scary because you've never experienced that. Yeah. So yeah. you switched it to Social Fly. Why call it Social Fly? Well, it was a long brainstorm process. I think we had a certain amount of time to get back to the cease and desist letter to come up with a new name. So I think we were brainstorming for a good month or two, and we were about to go with another name. And then one night, the name Social Fly just hit me at night. I called Courtney. I said, I have it. Social Fly. It's cute. That's it. And, you know, we're social and we make businesses fly. And it just, it was catchy. And I think it's a much better name than our original name. So you can always make something good out of a situation that might not seem so great. Yeah, I think it's a cute name and I think it's definitely an improvement from where you started. It's just more fun and it represents the brand more. And I think that's really important when you're naming a business. Totally. So you you move into this uh, like warehouse, it sounds like. You have the interns and 
What do you do next? You start pitching businesses. You start going to these conferences. Um, you're seeing quick growth. What's what's next for Socialfly at this point? Yeah. So that summer we had six interns, and we had a very very diverse group of interns. So whether that was an accident, and it's definitely intentional. But looking back, I am actually very amazed at the the talent that we had that first year and and who was available. Uh, through finding people on Craigslist. We had this amazing graphic designer on the team. Uh, He was an intern. Uh, We had really great people that could uh, work on copy. We just had such a great group of interns. We were very, very fortunate to to have them on the team at that time. And uh, because we had such a great group of, of people, we were able to provide really great work to our clients. Stephanie focused on going out and landing new clients. And at the time, I focused on Uh, making sure that all of our clients uh, got the services that they signed up for. I provided all of the strategy and coordinated with our team at the time. And then by the end of the summer, they unfortunately had to go back to school. So uh, we needed to hire a full-time person. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we're a scrappy startup. So we started her out as part-time just to test it out and it quickly turned into full-time. And then by the beginning of next year, we needed, we had two people full-time on the team. So now we're in 2013. Okay. We moved into a new office on the Upper East Side. It was shared office space with one of our clients at the time. And we were there in that office for about a year uh, until we moved into a new office in 2014 that just seemed so expensive at the time. And it was much larger than we needed. I, re- I remember a few weeks ago looking at a picture. I was like, we couldn't even fill up this office. And I remember how scared I was because uh, our rent had increased by five times at that point. That wow. Day. But also you, you're looking at it carefully because your income was increasing as well. So it was a calculated risk at that point? Yes, for sure. But we still, you know, need to make sure that our clients were, were signing new clients. And that's something we're always focused on is making sure that we have a great pipeline of, of new business. How do you retain existing clients and then get new clients? The new clients come through the marketing that we do um, and through Google search. So as Courtney mentioned before, we've been number one on Google for social media agency for years. So most of our new clients come through there or through referrals. And then of course, through our podcast and speaking engagements. Um, And then retaining current clients is done by just doing really great work for our clients, continuing to expand our services, really be partners to our clients and understanding what their needs are and how we can provide the most value to them. And continuing to have really close relationships with our clients where they feel like we're just an extension of their team. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's done, really. Um, So you guys at this point in 2015, were you doing social media marketing, media planning, content creation, um, influencer marketing. And I think that, am I missing anything? You do so much. So at that point, uh, we were doing a little bit of everything and we had a team of people who wore a lot of different hats. Uh, And then I believe it was the next year or end of 2015 where we decided to reorg the company and um, hire a team of specialists. So in that year, we built out an influencer department. Uh, we actually promoted someone within the team to run influencer marketing because that's what her skill set gravitated to. And she's still running that department today. And then we also decided to build out our media team. And we did the same thing. Uh, someone on our team had a knack for buying media. Uh, so she then became um, the head of that department. And then we 
hired a creative director. So someone to build out the creative services department and production. And that's how we kind of pivoted and scaled our team. So when you're doing production, do you have a studio inside of your office space or how, how do you do that there? Yes. So we got more office space uh, again. You keep expanding every year. <laughs> yes. That's great. But now we're totally leading into the remote uh, working style. So we will just have an office for production at this point. But yes, we built a whole production studio uh, in our office and we can do photo shoots, video shoots. Uh, we produced a PSA actually for the Girl Scouts. So the range of, of creative services we can provide is very wide. So you don't have a specialty necessarily in content creation, it's just across the board? Social media content, uh, because uh, we can do photo shoots and video shoots, it lends itself to other uh, types of content that our clients need. So at what point did you start taking influencer marketing really seriously? We were early with influencer marketing as well. Courtney, do you remember what year that was? <laughs> I want to say it was also 2015. I think 2015 was like a very uh, transformative year for us. That was also the year that we published the book. So it was around that time, maybe end of 2014. Yeah, I think that's when influencer marketing started to become a thing. So again, it's with that theme that you're very much early adapters and you jump on opportunities when you see them. So my question to you now is, what do you think the future is? Because you guys have been spot on with all these trends early on. So what, what's coming? What, what are some things that people should look out for? We are actually uh, working on providing a package. So for any clients that want to be prepared for all the random things that are to come, uh, we have our own predictions, so they can sign up for that. And then we're also very much leaning into uh, working remote. That's what we're working on. We think that more and more people are going to work from home, and we will be providing solutions for that. The other thing that I tell brands basically every single day when I have conversations is to be thinking about your social media channels as a content destination. So how can you cultivate this community of customers? What content do they care about that's going to want to make them come back to your accounts, whether that's Instagram or Facebook or Facebook group or community every single day and crave the content that you're putting out? So by having these one-to-one -one relationships with your customers and building real community and a content destination for them, you can build these long-term relationships with your customers through social that will create this repeat business, especially for uh, e-commerce brands. I 100% agree with you on that. I mean, that's exactly how I started my business first off, so I can say firsthand that works. Um, but in my opinion, there's unlimited income streams associated with content creation because if you have a product and service that you're selling, you can incorporate it into the content creation, but then you can also say it's YouTube, right? You get that ad revenue, you have affiliate revenue. I mean, it's, it's endless. Yes. So speaking of growth, you've grown Entrepreneurista to a very large following. Do you have any advice for those that also want to grow a successful podcast? Yes. Yeah, so actually another thing that we did to test out the podcast, something new we hadn't done before, uh, was get a billboard to launch it. So we put out a billboard in Times Square uh, on the day that we launched our podcast. And what we learned from doing that was it gave us instant credibility and, and not necessarily because a ton of people saw the billboard in Times Square, although they did. Uh, it was really the picture of the billboard that we then posted on our social media that really got a lot of people's attention. And 
with the billboard, people just took it seriously from day one. I think it was really just the perception of, of having a billboard that just gave it that instant credibility. Yeah. And there we were able to build an audience through um, the people that listened to the podcast, shared our content, and actually by doing contests uh, with different types of influencers is a, is a great way to grow your following. And the other thing that we did um, was the exact advice I just shared before. We created this content destination specifically on Instagram for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Uh, so every week, not only do we feature the founders whose episodes we're releasing, but we also feature all different entrepreneurs who want to share their story. Um, so we'll either reach out to entrepreneurs and ask them if they want to share their story, but we also get so many requests every single day from entrepreneurs who want to share. Uh, so we're featuring their stories on our account. And then when we post it, they're also sharing it with their audience. So then it kind of creates that snowball effect and people start to, to follow. Then they see the Instagram account. They see what entrepreneurs is about. We have the link to our podcast in our bio, and then they, click through and then we get new subscribers that way. So um, again, thinking about your social channels as this great content destination with content that your audience is really interested in is so important. It's great, by the way, you guys make it into such a story. So for those listening, um, it's really fascinating to hear these women entrepreneurs and tell their story. Yeah, I mean, it's been so fun for us. I feel like we learned so much from every single recording with with other founders. And then we also can relate to everyone because I feel like as entrepreneurs, we all have so many similar challenges that we go through. So it's almost like I call it like business therapy, <laughs> the one on business therapy together. We're all talking about, you know, what we've been through, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, well, you had one other question I think I didn't answer just then. Oh, I was going to ask, uh, you said that you partnered with influencers uh, to help promote Entreprenista. Um, oh, other other founders. So we share. So we're sharing stories every single week on our Instagram account, not just the episodes that we're airing. So when we, so they fill out a form and submit their stories of how they started their businesses, their challenges, and we feature it in a static post and then on our stories on our entrepreneurs to Instagram. And then when we're sharing their stories, of course we're tagging them. So they're then sharing that post in their feed with their audience. So it ends up being a lot of this cross promotion as well. Um, so that's definitely, definitely worked really well in terms of growing audience and reach, but really just creating this great content destination with valuable information about all of these different founders and businesses and lots of tips and advice that people can just go to our Instagram account and learn so much. I mean, you could spend hours on there learning about all these different businesses. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you've learned so much from your experience and you've learned a lot from interviewing all these incredible female entrepreneurs. So my question to you is for each of you, What's one piece of advice that you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs? We ask this question too all of the time. Huh? Oh, really? <laughs> My advice would be to keep going. Um, there are so many challenges that, that you're going to face. And um, there will be days, weeks where you just want to keep, you want to give up. But you have to just keep going. Believe in yourself. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Learn from them fast. And then just keep moving forward. And my advice, before you keep going, you first have to start. So just start. 
because I think when you're thinking about launching a new business, you can easily come up with all of these ideas for why it won't work, why you shouldn't do it. And then you just get stuck in your own way. If you have an idea, you're super passionate about it, you have the energy, you know, you can make it happen, just start. You'll figure it out as you go along. There's so many resources that are out there. There's so many people that will help you along the way. If you just reach out, people genuinely do want to help others. So don't be scared to start and don't be scared to reach out and you know build your network along the way because people will help you. Wow. Well, thank you so much to both of you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close this interview? Maybe something that's coming up that is exciting or any other advice? I mean, you've shared so much already, but you guys are brilliant. So, um, I mean, I would just say we'd love to stay in touch with everyone. So please feel free to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, at SocialFly, at Entrepreneistas everywhere. And then my personal Instagram is at Steph Jill Carton. And my personal one is at Court Spritzer. So like Stephanie said, we'd love to get connected to anyone listening and we'd love to help people. So if you've got any business questions, please just uh, DM us. Amazing. That's always so appreciated when people like you that are so accomplished are willing to answer questions from beginners because it really does make an impact. Thank you so much, you guys, for being on the show. You shared so much and I greatly appreciate it. And that is all for this episode of School of Hustle. If you like what you heard, please keep up with our other episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and listen to podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.